0: Hey everybody, welcome. And thank you for listening to this episode of Marriage Therapy Radio. My name is Zach. I'm here with Laura. Um, I'm better. I was sick last week. I was sick while recording this podcast, but I feel like I'm on the mend now. So um, I hope that what we say makes sense. We're talking about something I've been learning a little bit about, which is this idea of core negative image. When you are operating towards your partner and you're sort of locked into this caricature that you've created for them, um, it makes it hard to really understand who they are, how they operate, and how they can help you get out of that. And so we bat that around a little bit. Again, I don't know if we do a great job because my brain is only half functioning, but um, Laura is game. She helps me uh, bring some clarity to it. As always, this is a very cool conversation. Stick around.
1: But why do we call it the man flu?
0: Because I am pathetic. I am literally... When you ill? I mean, I've actually been analyzing it a little bit because I... I don't, I feel like I'm dying. I feel like I don't know. I can't, I'm not going to, I'm not going to survive this. And it's basically a really, really bad head it's cold.
1: Very dramatic. I know. You're <laughs> not going to survive it.
0: I know. I feel like I'm just death on a platter. I've, I've been playing it up for Rebecca's benefit because I want her to feel like she has um, like a job. And Purpose. so, yeah. Because
1: like, she doesn't have any other jobs going on right now. Do you know what
0: I so You want to know something about my wife? She's amazing. She will help you. She will help you. I
1: couldn't she, tell you if, if you said life or wife. My wife. is she White, wants okay.
0: to help you do everything. She wants to help you all the time. But now that I'm sick, she doesn't want to help me. She's <laughs> like, I don't, I don't want to catch what you're catching. And I'm like, I'm dying. I need, and
1: yeah. I need you to come put your mouth yeah. near my mouth I so I can to, spread the drums. I'm like, can I
0: please have a foot rub? And she's like, you didn't uh-huh. rub my feet when I was sick. And I was like, oh brother. So mm-hmm. I don't know, man. I think I maybe have three more, four more days of this, but I don't really know. <laughs> <laughs> Counting it is, on it. It is the worst, man. I can't talk. I tried to see clients yesterday and I just couldn't even. So hopefully today you'll do most of the talking.
1: I will say that the benefit, I'm not going to do much, most of the talking. I'm pretty sure of it. But the benefit of doing virtual therapy is that I have been muting myself uh, mm. so that I can cough and sneeze and snort and do all the disgusting things. I might even fart from time to time, but I've mm. muted myself. So you can't tell. Mm-hmm. And if I do unmute myself and I fart, I'm going to blame it on the dog. But Anyway. Um, Yeah. Ryan gets the man flu as well.
0: Yeah. It's, it's weird. I just, I, yeah, I don't know. I, uh,
1: I've learned my lesson though, because I am not very empathetic as a caretaker at all. mm -hmm. And that comes from my childhood that whenever we would get sick, my mom was a single mom. She couldn't She like literally was like, you cannot fake this. I can't take time off of work. This is going to like impact us financially. Mm -hmm. You can't fake sickness. And so she would basically say it's mind over matter. So like think yourself to wellness. Mm -hmm. And if you're really sick, you got to go in your room. And it was like punishment. You have to, because she didn't want us faking. So she had to make being sick so bad Mm -hmm. and not very nurturing that we would choose to, we would rather go to school Mm -hmm. And she wouldn't have to take a day off of work. So the punishment was you go in your room. All the lights are off. There's no screens, nothing. Mm. And you just you basically have to sleep it off in a room. And if you were really, truly sick, that was what you needed. But if you weren't, it was worse than going to school feeling somewhat unwell. Yeah. She sounds like a a real gem, doesn't she? Yeah, She sure does. So you do not want to be in my house when you are sick because I have that rolling in my bones. That When Ryan gets sick, I'm like, oh, there's no empathy for this. I got to make this as painful as possible for you so that you don't do the man's sickness.
0: One of the very few pleasant memories I have about my dad is that when, when we were sick, you could sort of count on it like clockwork. He would bring home comic books. Like if Aww. you stayed home from school, like he would bring you, he would come home with like, five or six comic books that he just grabbed and they, that was in yeah. comic books you used to like go to the grocery store and they're just on the on the rotating for thing for like 25 yeah. cents a piece or something but it was really cool it was like a it's like actually it's bringing a little bit of like like happiness nostalgia yeah yeah so
1: that's a, That is kind of the only nice thing you've said about your dad.
0: I know. I don't have a lot. I hung out with my mom this weekend. I, I was in uh That's right. So um Yeah. <laughs> and so yeah. So
1: Zach and I are on this crazy travel schedule for work, um, traveling a lot. And he traveled without me yeah. to South Carolina. Yep. And that my went well. My mom came
0: down. Yeah, it went well. It was it was good. It was it was a good time. Good. In fact, I I I so it went down Thursday. I taught all day Friday, met up with my mom on Friday night. Then we spent all day Saturday together and I came home on Sunday. I got to tell you, Saturday, Saturday was one of maybe the best days of my life. Have you ever had like, just like, yeah, I know. Have you ever had like, just like a, like an amazing day, just like for no reason. It just was like, that was a great day. And then Rebecca helped me with one part of it. One part of it was I literally had nothing to do except like be in a place with my mom and just like, I didn't have, I mean, I had no, there's nothing I could do. I had no responsibility, I had nowhere to be. So we just like made it up.
1: It was planless.
0: It was planless. And we just were like trying to, how do we take advantage of the city? And yeah. I, you know, talking to my mom is one thing. It's fine. It's great. I love being with my mom, but I found myself saying things to my mom that I was like, wow, Zach, like you've grown. And mm-hmm. so, some of that is like talking about my dad. Like my mom wants okay. to talk about my dad and she's got all this stuff and all these like things. And I was like, I, I had perspective that I had not had in that conversation before. So that was really cool. But hmm. then the, the <laughs> I'm going to ask you a question. Have you ever heard this song before? You know, like my chicken fried cold beer on a Friday night, pair of jeans that fit just right. And radio Oh all... you don't know this
1: song? I was, I was trying to stay quiet because I figured if I was quiet, that you would keep singing.
0: Do you know this song?
1: <laughs> Not really. No, it's it's like vaguely. It's a, maybe Zach, Brown, might be... it's a
0: Zach Brown band song. Okay. So we're going, we, we went to dinner. It was nice. And after dinner earlier in the day, we had been walking by this park and this guy was like, you should come back tonight. Cause there's going to be live music. There's this band going to be playing, you know, and they're cool. going to be doing it. so. So I was like, let's do that, mom. So we went to this like little amphitheater and we sat and we listened to this like country cover band play songs.
1: Cool. And I sit- love cover bands. I'm love sitting them. there
0: and I'm just watching people. I'm watching people just have a good time and they're dancing on the, ground and they're sitting there with their beers and they're hanging out and they're talking. And then this song comes on and it's like, I'd never heard it before in my life. My parent, my, my wife, my kids are like, you've never heard this song before. Yeah. It's the first time I've ever heard it. And I, but I got to tell you, I've never been happier. I just was like, this is exactly what life is all about. Just sitting here, just like doing absolutely nothing. Yeah. Eating your chicken and drinking your beer and hanging out (laughs) with your friends. And that's what the song was about. And that's what everybody was doing. Yeah. And And everybody was singing along. My mom was singing along. I was like, "What the heck is happening right now?" But there's joy all around
1: me. You had to get out of. Seattle I can't even to talk about it without smiling.
0: I'm so. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, but if that song, if I ever hear that song again, I think I'm just going to, I don't know. It's,
1: it's your trigger for lovely memories. It was
0: such a great night, man. That's,
1: you, as you're talking about it and you're like, it was just the best night. I don't even know how to describe it. I'm literally having flashbacks to college or to like previous Laura times when I was on something. Yeah. Like, it sounds to me like you were, you were like on Molly or something. You were just like, it was, I was just, just on, I don't know how to describe it. I know. It, it's I was, exactly how, I was to just on universe. like the aura of
0: this, of the world. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, well,
1: I'm, I'm glad that you felt good. And then you got really sick.
0: Then, and then that, well, then I went to the waffle house <laughs> that night. That good. was the same night I went to the waffle house, which I'd never been That's to great. a waffle house before.
1: You and, took pictures
0: And, and it was me. amazing. This lady, Pat, <laughs> my waitress or server or whatever it was. She explained it all to me. She like told me how Waffle house worked and what I should order and taught me how to eat it. And I just let her, it was great. My bill was something like 1125, but I paid her $25.
1: (laughs) 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 Greatest tip ever. Okay. Hold on. Can I go back to something so that we add some value to our listeners? I went to the
0: waffle house at like 1130
1: at night. Hold on. I do have to say this for everybody who's listening. It was
0: in the parking lot of my my hotel. (laughs)
1: Is well, they always are. It's either that or the pancake house. I've gone to now three states, three different states, and I have asked people, "Hey, I've been what's to way been more around here? What, is, what do you know um, as far as breakfast goes?" And they'll rattle off all of these like mom and pop shops for breakfast, and then they'll get to the pancake house, and they're like, "Oh." And we have this thing called the Pancake House. It's been around <laughs> since like seventeen seventy seven And they all have a story about how Pancake House is their restaurant to their mm-hmm. city, mm-hmm. and that's their thing. And I want to ask them if they have ever driven down i five or ninety <laughs> or and happened to see that there is a pancake uh, house in be, every don't single be city. To these people. I'm not being mean. I think those people
0: I, that they, th- I, I don't know, man, they tapped into something that I, I do not have a lot of access to, which is just like, simple I think it was out joy. of Seattle.
1: You just got out of Seattle yeah, and we yeah. all need to do that.
0: Yeah.
1: Okay. Let's talk about something. You said that you had a conversation with your mom, which is sort of pulling into some of the conversations that I have been having internally with my own relationship with my parents. Mm -hmm. um, And then also relationships that my clients are having. Mm -hmm. And I had this experience where kind of similarly, my client said I had a really, she said, I basically had like 10 hours of therapy with my mom. And I said, you're cheating on me with another therapist. (laughs) And she said, no, what I mean is that we were in the car and we just started talking and kind of hashing things out. And this mature version of me was showing up for the Mm -hmm. very first time. And not only that, but she said the mature version of her mom showed up which she was mm. not expecting mm. and she said i just feel so much better i feel like grounded i feel peace i feel a weight off of my shoulders and it kind of got me thinking what do i what com- conversations do i need to be having with my parents am i emotionally ready to have those conversations but then also i have to consider whether or not my parents are ready to have those conversations with me mm-hmm. if they're ready to take accountability and responsibility and and hear and validate. And so I'm I'm listening to you talk about a different version of you sharing with your mom and mm-hmm. talking to your mom about that. And I'm just wondering if maybe the peacefulness that you're experiencing had anything to do with talking with your mom on a different level, engaging with her as a different human being.
0: Well, I think the point about my story is it sort of surprised me, right? Like just like everybody else, me and my mom, you and your husband, me and my wife, you know, you and your friends, sometimes you drop into just scripted conversations. We sort of have the same thing over and over again. And I think I was aware that going into this setting with my mom, I didn't want to have the same conversations over and over again. Um, Mm -hmm. and one that always comes up is her regret about her marriage to my dad. Yeah. They were married until I was an adult. Uh, I think they got divorced when I was 25 and then she remarried a few years later. She's happy now. She's got a great husband. I love it. But you know, the residue of that first marriage, um, is heavy. It weighs heavy on her and my dad has passed away. So he's not really, I don't need to worry about offending him or anything, but every time we get together, And we get to the port where there's like this dull silence. There's this like confession moment that she leans Mm -hmm. into. Mm -hmm. And this time I just said to her, as she started talking, I I was listening to her and I was really keenly kind of attached to what I was aware of. And I just said, Hey mom, um, just so you know, if you need to talk about this, that's totally fine. Yeah. You totally can. Yep. But I don't need anything from you. I don't need an apology. an apology. I don't need a yeah. I don't need an yep. explanation. I'm, I'm so at peace with this and with dad. And I, I kind of get it actually. Like now that I have teenagers, I sort of like, And this is a really hard job and da, da da And I don't know that I like did, like, I think it surprised me. I think it just sort of snuck up on me that that's how I felt. Um. Mm-hmm. And I, and I just kind of said that, you know, that's, and she was like, huh? Uh, well, I guess I don't, I guess I don't really need anything. I was like, great, let's just talk about, let's talk about something else then. And so we just started, we sort of sort of moved away. But I think, I think the skill or the invitation there was to get outside of the kind of the scripted, you know, sort of characterological patterns that we just lean into sometimes without thinking about it.
1: I, I'm, I'm putting my, I, I agree. I, I, well, not agree, but I like that you shared with your mom that you didn't need, you gave her permission. You basically said you're either doing this for you where you want to talk about it. You want to process it. You want to apologize because of you Mm -hmm. um, or you're doing it for me. And I need you to know where I stand, Mm -hmm. but also giving her permission that if you need to do this for you, I can be here for you. Um, And I, I don't know. Was that part, was that on the table? Did you have that invitation? Like if you need to do this, this talking about this regret, this, apology or whatever for you i'm present for you yeah i'm not through that but i was
0: also like trying to tell her that like let's not do this again you know mm. Here, here's i'll take a little bit of a pivot if you don't mind because i think this is a it's kind of an example of what i've been trying to train couples to do can i can i try to teach you something new
1: um i would love that i'm so skeptical like for a second i was like pff- Zach, I already know it all.
0: There's nothing. <laughs> <to change me laughs> no, 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 so. no, no. This is what it is. I think, I think um, I've been talking a lot to um, couples about what's often labeled core negative image, image, C-N-I, core negative image. Yep, yep. So core negative image is the core negative image I hold of Rebecca or the core negative image I hold of you. So when I, when I get lazy, hungry, angry, lonely, tired, yeah, and I want to subscribe to to you uh persona that is negative, I go to this like just sort of automatic response. And the way I describe right. it to couples a lot is it's almost like if you're going, if you're walking around, you know, downtown San Francisco and you walk up to an artist and he's like, Can I draw your caricature? And so he's he's gonna draw a picture of you. And if your forehead is kind of high, it's gonna be like three stories high in the caricature. Mm-hmm. If you have an overbite, you have you're gonna look nose. like a donkey. If you have big, yeah. ne- you know, like it really exaggerates, but you can still see you. Uh-huh. You're still there. It's just exaggerated. And so the CNI right. that we create is this image that is you, but it's really exaggerated. And in fact, it's exaggerating your flaws.
1: Yeah. Okay.
0: So what happens is when we're, when I'm hungry, angry, lonely, and tired, I'll drop into that CNI and I'll start to treat you like that's who you are. I'll start mm-hmm. to treat you like you're a donkey, or I'll start to treat you like you have, you know, none of your hats fit anymore, or whatever. Like, I'm going to beat that analogy. To death. It's not going to work. But, <laughs> but you know, I'm going to I'm going to start to treat you that way. Well, what I need is a reframe. I mm-hmm. I need a reframe. I, right. Um And there's only really one person who can help, and that's you. So, here's how that played with my mom. My mom took her pick up picked up her pen, and she started to draw a picture of my dad. And I said, Hey. here's a new pen. How about you take this pen instead? You know, or we don't draw this picture. Um, That's, that's kind of what, that's what was happening. But if we go back over just to couples in general, what's happening in my office is couples will drop into C&I and they'll say, you're so angry and defensive and jealous. And I'll go, okay, cool. That's C&I, right? Uh That's, that's you latching into your Mm C&I. When I start to believe that you're angry and defensive and jealous, what I need from you is some, C and I sort of busting behavior. I need you to bust it up. I need you to do something else. And in the therapy office, what can happen is we can plan what that's going to be in general. So if I were able to say to you, Hey, Laura, I'm seeing you as defensive and angry and jealous. Then you, sorry. And we can talk about how to get here, but what, what, what I'm trying to help couples do is to go as to help Laura say, Oh, I get it. Let me take a break. Oh, hold on. Let me take 10 deep breaths. Oh, let me remind you that I love you. Or, oh, whatever the, whatever it is that would let me put my pen down. Would it, let me put down my caricature.
1: Okay, I got to oh, wrap my head around this because Thank we you. Went yeah, from my sick being, brain just went. No. I know. I w- I'm confused in the sense of like. Yes, let's do it. Is Zach the therapist? Is Zach the client? Is you okay? So, what you're saying is that in an interaction between our listeners, between so you have one partner. And another partner. Yeah. When one partner is in CNI, where all they can see are the flaws exaggerated in their partner. Yes. The only person that can help the one who is in CNI is the partner. Yes. Is that correct? What is the partner's job or role? Is to point out that they are not as exaggerated and flawed. Good question.
0: What I'm trying to help couples do is understand that when I'm in CNI, I yep. need help. Okay. So I say, I say help, or I say purple rainbow, or I say, you know, whatever. I say that code word. I say, I need help. What
1: if you're unable to even right. verbalize that? This
0: is a good, this is a good part of it. This is okay. good too. If I'm unable to verbalize it, then maybe the, maybe then it's, um, I really like this, what we're doing. Cause am I've been trying to sort this out of my office and I can't do it, but I can do it with you. Yeah. Th- I'm I'm trying to think in two categories, right? Cause one is what is the work that you do preemptively like that, that you sort of are going, so I'll have couples do the newlywed game. I soften it this way. And when I have this conversation, I have it in a, in a non-conflict moment. So let's say the couple is um, you and Ryan and I'll say, Hey, you guys, let's play a game for a second. Laura, you know that you go to core negative image of Ryan when you're hungry. Right. Yeah. yeah. Ryan, you know that you go to core angry, you core negative image of Laura when you're hungry. He goes, yeah. And I'll say, Laura, write down the three words that you think Ryan goes to
1: uh-huh.
0: when he's got a core negative image of you and you'll write down, you know, jealous. What did I say? Angry, jealous, defensive. Those aren't the ones, but sure. like, maybe that's what you write down. Sure. And I will go, Ryan, what are your words? And he'll go, you know, forgetful, defensive, mm-hmm. you know, uh, lazy critical. or something critical. Sure. Yeah, And we'll go, oh, let's compare lists. Like, that's weird because uh-huh. your list is different and da, da, da. And it's not actually that. It's this other thing. And that's the thing. I go, Ryan, you know, why do you go there? And then, and then we'll flip it over. I go, Ryan, when Laura goes to core negative image of you, what is it?
1: Right. Yeah. And
0: let him know, because what we want to appreciate is that you already know what your, what flaws in your partner is, is elevating. You already know what it is that your, that your partner is generally upset about usually couples are pretty close. I know what he thinks of me when he goes to see and I Totally. Um,
1: so So it's funny. I do the same thing with couples where I will ask them, you know, like give me the list of stuff that you are aware of that you need to be working on in the relationship to be a better version of you. And generally the list that they come up with is not internal. It's not something that they came up with. It's what their partner's been telling them for years you're lazy, you're self-centered, yeah. you're, you know, uh, critical, you are whatever, right? And so the list that they come up with is not something that they came up with. It's something that they have heard over and over and over from their partner as their partner's major complaints. That's the CNI yeah. that you're talking about. Yeah. Okay. So the lists are usually pretty darn close. Pretty
0: darn close. And then, and then I'll say, so what do you need to put that down? What do you need to put down your big fat character caricature pen pick up something else you need a finer pin what's the finer pin like what do you need i need you know
1: i just had that conversation with a couple tell me and he said i need her to be more soft and gentle with Mm -hmm. me okay and because you know like what is the complaint the complaint might be that she's really critical and so what does he need i need her to just soften her tone and be more affectionate and that's going to be enough for me to lay down the cni
0: yeah so when she when he can say Babe, I'm in. I'm in C, and I and you know he may not have access to that. But if he doesn't, maybe there's a code word or something. What that in the office? What we generate is that she then goes, "Oh, I need to be softer right now." Yep. Not, I need to defend anything else. I need, but it's this man who loves me needs another pen, and the only way he can get another pen is if I say, "I get it, babe. Yeah, I need I lower my tone of voice." Yep. Say something sweet. Um, you know, whisper. I don't know. Like there's all kinds, Uh. but you know, we get into it. We'll say, what are the specific behaviors that you need to help bust up or thrash or or replace this core negative image that you have gone to because you're lazy. You're lazy. You're using a big fat pen because you're not you're not interested in drawing in the finer, the finer points. Hmm. So it's kind of a proactive pre-conflict activity that I'm doing just to help um help get out of these sort of rote conversations that happened Yeah. when I am trying, when I, when I, when I know where this is going to go, or I know what's going to happen, I just don't want to like repeat the same thing over and over again, which is kind of what I was trying to do with my mom. Um, And, you know, in general, I think if, if we, if we find ourselves stuck in these rote conversations, obviously they just, the the same results going to occur until we learn Mm -hmm. how to kind of get outside of them.
1: I think it, uh, it might take a little bit of work. I'm just imagining me turning towards someone and saying, you're in CNI. What do you need to see in your partner in order for you to get out of CNI or to see the contrary, right? I need evidence to the contrary that's yeah. going to bust me out of this really firm, uh, image of my partner in this moment, if we're using Gottman language, this is going to be negative sentiment override, right? Yeah, like yeah. it's the shit colored glasses. You've got them on and you need your partner to be able to give you some evidence as to why your shit colored glasses can be removed and should be removed. Mm. Um, I think that that could actually take a while in therapy. If I was to sit down and ask a partner, for example, a male and just say, Hey, what do you need in order to bust up the CNI? I don't know if I'm going to get a response in the moment. I think a lot of people have to sort of sit with that for a while or do a few more sessions so we can start to understand what they actually do need.
0: Well, yeah, totally. And I think that there's a way that you can do that, which is to say, if I choose that you are, um, gosh, my, my sick brain is not really working. But if I choose that you are, my score negative image of you is that you're up, left and round, then what I need is something to tell me that you are down, right, and square. Do you know okay. what I mean? I need the opposite. Mm-hmm. So what is the data that will show me that you're down? Oh, well, mm-hmm. if you lower your voice, or if you say, or if you play that song, you know, like my chicken fried, or whatever, like what? Like, I was thinking about, if my, my wife, if she hears this podcast, she knows that if I'm ever in a bad mood and she wants to cheer me up, all she has to do is turn that song on. I promise you I'll like go to a, like, but you know what I mean? Like what will be the, op- what's the opposite? What will engender uh-huh. the opposite? Okay. So if I say, you know, sometimes I just experience you as really defensive and score negative image. Well, what's the opposite? Oh, it's taking responsibility. So how do you know that you can take responsibility? I think if I, if I go to CNI and you say, you know what? You have a really good point. Okay. I go to CNI and you say, you know what? I've never thought about it like that before.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: That will help me replace my fat pen with my, with my finer point pen. Got it. You know what I mean? So when people don't know what they need, I think yeah. we, we identify with it. What is the opposite situ? What is the opposite, uh, right. character char- characteristic? Yeah. And what would help reinforce that opposite characteristic?
1: Man, this is going to require so much. We, this is something that I, I use a lot. So what you're talking about, CNI is a Terry real thing. You're in the process of mm-hmm. studying to become mm-hmm. you know, certified. And what I like is that Terry says, I don't know if he uses this language, but he says, only one of you can be an asshole at one time. Mm -hmm. So basically you can't both be assholes because if, if you're the asshole, which is you're in CNI, right? Mm -hmm. Like I've got this really negative image of you. It may or may not be accurate or true. Um, like you, your partner, you just might've, like you said, you're hungry, angry, lonely, tired, scared, mm-hmm. you're in that frame of mind. And so everything looks like a threat. Everything is tainted. Everything is, you know, you're viewing your partner through CNI. You are probably even viewing your children through CNI. You're viewing the world through CNI, mm-hmm. whatever it might be. It requires so much tag teaming and teamwork in order for your partner to then say, Oh, he's in CNI. Now it's my responsibility to prove to him. Uh, or demonstrate that I have some qualities to the contrary of what my partner is viewing me through.
0: Yeah. What I, what I, what I try to set up in therapy is it's not your responsibility to prove it's your opportunity to, to give them a new gift, give them a new pen, right? It's your opportunity to say, because I think, I think what, what it's where it comes from. And this is, I don't know what to do with this. Exactly. I'm more and more and more convinced that couples therapy really works the best with people who are really like functional adults as individuals.
1: (laughs) Well, obviously Uh, it's, it's very difficult to do therapy if you're not functioning.
0: Yeah. No, I just mean like I'm asking clients to really lean into a high degree of like self-awareness. And the self-awareness is if I keep doing this, I'm going to, I'm going to mess it up and I need your help, which is a really odd thing to try and do in conflict when you really want the other person to pay,
1: Mm-hmm. you know, if I keep doing this, if I I'm stay on this path,
0: up. this is going right. to go bad and I'm going to be responsible yep. for that. So I need help. I
1: need your support.
0: Is really different than, well, you are making it worse. So I'm going to make it worse to help you understand that if you make it worse, then it's going to be worse. Well, now <laughs> I'm going to make it worse too. And now we're going to both making it worse, you know?
1: Mm-hmm. So. Uh, is there any damage because you gave us an exercise, which is sit down with your partner and you write down your list of your core negative image of your partner, like three to five adjectives to have your partner write down the three to five adjectives that they think are the core negative image. Is that an exercise that is just poking at people? Is this something that you well, would Well, again, I think if, we
0: in the office, we do this always in non-conflict setting. We do it kind of in advance. I go, you and I want to try something out. Let's try something out. Yeah. Um, So if you're gonna try it out, I would try it out almost in the newlywed game type thing, and I would say on a
1: walk when you're not angry with each other, you've got a pretty solid emotional bank account built up for the day. Just go, hey,
0: I think I have a pretty good idea of what you think of me when you go to your worst. Like, I think I have a pretty good idea. I think you think I'm red, blue, and yellow, or I wouldn't say it that way yet. I would say I think it's in my head, and in my head, I've got red, blue, and yellow. So what do you think? Like when you go to your worst, when you go to your worst. When you're like, when you're just at, when you're at your wit's end and you make up a story about me, what is it? And he'll go red, blue, and green. And you go, oh, it's close. I got red, blue, and yellow. You know? (laughs) So red is true. I can see how you get red. I can see how you get blue. Uh Tell me a little bit more about green. Oh oh, yeah. That makes Uh more sense. Like, and this is why I thought maybe you were going to say yellow. Like it's almost like that kind of conversation. And then what comes next is, okay, what's the opposite of red, blue, and yellow? Well, it's whatever the opposite of red, blue, and yellow is. Well, what can I do? How can I help? Like, what do you need? Oh, I think I might need a hug in those moments, or I think I might need a break, or I think I might need a whatever. Okay. Okay. Let's come up with a signal. So when you say that, I'll try and do those things because I don't want to reinforce red, blue, and yellow for you. Yeah. Red, blue, and green.
1: Okay. It does require a great deal of the two of you working together as a team to protect the relationship. This is not your problem. This is our problem. We are working together to eradicate C and I from our conversation, from our relationship, whatever it yeah. might be, um, I think it's a lot easier. By the way, and I would love I love taking a skill that's for couples and then integrating it into a skill for parents. Which for me is we slip into C and I when we're tired and when we want our kids to go to sleep or they're not eating or they're you know talking back or whatever. And now all of a sudden we have a core negative image of our child. It's like what. What needs to happen to get you out of this poor negative image of your child? Yeah. And I'm just wondering how you can take something like that and integrate it into your relationship with your mom, with your children, with yeah. your school teacher, whatever it might be.
0: Well, I think it's, I think, again, part of it is understanding enough of your own tendencies to go, I'm painting with a really broad brush here.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: And I wonder if I have other instruments available, you know. Sure.
1: Yeah. Um, and what do I need to ask for support for? Yeah. And that's I don't kind have of how to do this by myself. Yeah. I can the, do this with, you know, with my child. I can ask my child, you know what I would really love right now? I would really love for you to come and just give me a hug and be gentle and kind with me. Or, you know Yeah,
0: or you can say to your mom, Mom, if you want to do this, that's fine. But um I'm inviting you to do something else and that that would be great too.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. I don't know if well, we, I don't know if
0: I fleshed that out exactly the way I wanted to, but this is again why my brain is just not not clicking. So,
1: um, uh, well, let's lay on the spleen. Some all grace to you, my dear sick man, cold friend. Mm-hmm. It could be a four. It could be a ten. We don't know because it's all a ten to a man. <laughs> to a man, yeah. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Marriage Therapy Radio. By the time this comes out, Zach and I will have already done our. Well, I guess it's considered our summer. It would be our summer intensive where we meet with couples on Friday and Saturday and we go through the seven principles for making marriage work. But I did want to let you know that we have the summer weekly series registration open. It runs from July 5th until August 23rd, and it is every Wednesday evening. If you want more information about that and to register before we close registration, there's also a fun little discount if you register early. You can go to MarriageTherapyRadio.com, and on the right-hand side of the page, you'll see the weekend intensives and the weekly series. Thanks for all of your time and attention, making your relationship better today than it was yesterday. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death